Carolina State's Borough, George, talked to George, George the Southern Eagles head coach, Coach Chad Lunsford. He, he's, he's new, he was interim coach now. Now he's the full-time man down there in Statesboro. Coach, my man, how you doing, man? Better get that full-time gig now, Coach. Man, I'm doing great just down here grinding. I hear that, Coach. I hear that, man. I, and your grind, Coach, is, is just so wonderful. Seeing how how you coached it, position coaches here, your director of scouting at Auburn, and now you grind it to being a special teams coach, tight end coach. Now you're the head man. So, Coach, I told you we're going to make you the head coach full-time, man. How did man make you feel, brother? Oh, it was a, you know, it's been an unbelievable journey, man. I, um, you know, I, I've always wanted to be a head coach, you know, and I wanted to work my way up and, and you know, learn from guys that I've worked for. And, um, you know, to get this opportunity at such a great place, uh, just really fired up. You know, um, we got off to a great start in January and, uh, you know, looking forward to hitting the, hitting the practice fields this coming week for spring ball. Now, Coach, we've talked to a lot of uh, first-time head coaches over the years, and one of the things they always mention is that it seems like a whirlwind uh, once they get that job. Now, is it a little bit different feeling for you because you had time, uh, you know, with the interim title and a little bit of time under your belt as the uh, head coach there? Um, so has, has it been a little bit easier of a transition for you, or has it been kind of a whirlwind just like everybody else feels? You know, I, I could imagine if I would have got the head job at a place I haven't been, uh, I, I could really see it being a whirlwind. Um, you know, now it, it it did come fast. You know, you got the interim title, and then when you get the full time job, I mean, you, there's a lot of things you got to think through. You got to make sure you got right. But I think the biggest thing that helped me was just you know the many years that I have been at Georgia Southern and uh, just knowing the place inside and out. And you know, I thought it made an easier transition for me. Yeah, Coach, familiarity is always a great thing, Coach, you know. And I feel like for you as well, the players know you, they trust you, and it probably helps you in recruiting, keep guys on the roster and in-house not, not transfer out, out of there because they knew you, trusted you, and they knew you as a man that they can look to and, and, let, and lead them going forward. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, um, you know, anytime that you have transition, especially if it's somebody from the outside, you know, you worry about, um, you know, losing guys on your current team and uh, – that those types of losses for us have been very very minimal and uh you know so it's uh that's definitely something good now you know what i'll say is um you know those guys they really got behind me uh when i got the interim title and uh you know there's no doubt there's you know two things that i know in my mind that helped me get this job it was god and it was these players Yes, indeed. And you know what, Coach? Having God on the players on your side is the best thing to have because, you no, know, without the Lord, nothing, nothing happens. No players can vouch for you, tell the administration about well, how you are as a person. How Coach Lunsford looks out for us. He's, he's a man of his word. He's a man of God. He'll lead us to the promised land. I feel like, Coach, that that helps you out a lot because having guys on your side always is good when it comes to when the administration tries, tries to figure out who to hire, who not to hire. Yeah, it's no doubt it. Um, you know, um, the great thing about it, these guys started to buy in toward the end of the season last year. And uh, so that made it an easier transition. And, uh, you know, obviously I brought in some new coaches and things like that. So, you know, you got to get those relationships built with the new guys that come in with our players. And so we put a lot of emphasis on that in the early part of the year and, and making sure that, you know, we, we went out recruiting, but we were doing a good job recruiting our guys and making sure our guys understood that we care about them and we want them to succeed on and off the field. And, uh, you know, just uh, having them with their support at the end of last season, you know, it's been it's made it a whole lot easier going into this new year, this new era, uh, with everybody on the same page. 
Now, Coach, JR and I are always curious to know uh, when we speak to first-time head coaches such as yourself, you know, where did your motivation come from? Who are some of the coaches or individuals who you've crossed paths, paths with throughout your career that have had the greatest impact on you uh, in your in your career, both personally and professionally? Well, th- there's many guys out there, and there's, you know, there's several that, you know, I, I could pinpoint, and there's several that I reached out to when I got the interim job. But, um, you know, if, if I was going to pick two of them, um, you know, I spent a lot of time talking to uh, Coach Gene Chizik, who was the head man at Auburn when I was there. And then I spent a lot of time talking to uh, Coach Willie Fritz, who used to be the head coach here, uh, now the head coach at Tulane. You know, I've, uh, you know, really respect those guys and the way they ran their program, their organization, skills, and, you know, just the way they led. And uh, so I've spent a lot of time drawing back things from when, you know, from what they did, but also getting on the phone and talking with them. Now, Coach, as you look at that uh, college football landscape, how do you foresee yourself marketing the program to, to try and keep that? Uh, there's a lot of talented young men in the state of Georgia. You know, keep them home, uh, keep them playing in state and playing for you while going after guys that, you know, you could potentially target um, on a national recruiting scale as well. Yeah, you know, we put a lot of emphasis on our relationships with the with the high school coaches in the state of Georgia. And, you know, we're looking forward to getting out this spring or, you know, all the assistant coaches and, you know, and just continuing to build those relationships. And uh, one of the big pieces right now is, you know, we, we did a lot during January, but, you know, make sure our doors are open to all those guys. Um, but, you know, if you go back and look at it, you know, this, this past signing class um, of all the uh, FBS Division One schools in the state of Georgia, we had the highest percentage of, of, of Georgia players in our signing class. And uh, that's something that we're very proud of. I mean, you know, at Georgia Southern, uh, you know, if we stay within a four and five, five hour radius of this place, uh, we're going to get good football players and we don't really have to go much further outside of that. You got that right, Coach Lunsford. You got that right. We got Chad Lunsford, the coach Georgia Southern Eagles on the Boxman Showdown, Statesboro, Georgia. You got to go down and check those guys out. Looking forward to spring practice, Coach. What are you trying to accomplish uh, with, with these uh, young men here? Uh, are you trying to set a standard for them early, build this foundation in your culture? And so what's kind of be the goals for you guys in spring practice here going forward? Well, obviously the um, culture piece and, and how we're going to run our program and all that, you know, that started in January. Um, but going into spring ball, you know, one thing that we want to make sure that we are um, it's kind of our – our motto or mantra this year is is win, and basically we use that as an acronym of what's important now. You know, um, last year, uh, not a very good season for us, and, and lots of times we would hang on things in the past and, you know, not really move on from it. And so we're talking about, you know, our process is, hey, we're going to learn from the past, uh, we're going to work for the future, but we're going to live in the moment. And so – Um, You know, it's all about, you know, getting their mind right daily. You know, all right, what's important for us today? What do do we got to do today? I know it's cliche with all coaches that talk about the process, the process, but I think it's very important to this team that we don't get too far ahead of ourselves. I know last week our our schedule came out and, you know, everybody was excited about it and all that kind of stuff, but honestly, we hadn't talked about it, man. We just were like, all right, what's important today? You know, what, what, as soon as we wake up, you know, what's the first thing we got to do in it? And, and that's on and off the field, and we just want to make sure of that. But going into spring ball, 
um, you know, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a goal each and every day, and uh, you know, we're gonna have a team meeting each every day, and we're gonna say, hey, this is what we're working on, this is what we're gonna do, and um, so we're not gonna get too far ahead of ourselves, and we're gonna make sure daily that we know what we're trying to be prepared for. Well, coach, I don't believe it's, it's cliche at all. Coach, as a leader, like I'm leader of this of this uh, radio show in this in this station here, so I have to set a tone and a process. So I'm with you. I believe in the process day by day. Daily touch points, setting the goal for the day. So, for John and myself and my staff, it's not cliche because they know me from from, from day one, hour one. I'm setting the standard for you from when you get in this building. Yeah, there's no doubt. And what's important for for us is if we're going to do it that way with our guys, and, and we're going to make sure that we we as coaches have to be organized every day. You know, from the strength coach to the trainer to the equipment manager. You know, to everybody that touches them, you know, we got to make sure we got everything in line and in order. So we're doing a good job of making sure that we're, you know, one step ahead so that when we start to communicate the message, it is very clear, very concise, and our players can, you know, take it and run with it. Now, Coach, looking on the field a little bit now, uh, as we go into the 2018 season and beyond, have there been any rules that have stuck out to you that you'd like to see the rules committee look at? maybe instituting new rules or, or make uh, existing rules better um, that might help the game as far as, uh, you know, from a player's perspective on the field, a fan's perspective, watching the game, a coach's perspective on the sideline. Is there anything that you that you touch on or tweak? You know, I, I hadn't put a lot of thought into that. You know, I'm, I'm the type of guy, man, when they, when they decide, you know, which way they want to roll with it, I just make sure that we're coaching it so that we, you know, don't make the mistake or we take advantage of the rule and making sure that we are, you know, uh, doing what we need to do. If, if I had to pick one, you know, probably the biggest thing is the, the targeting foul. You know, I think that's, that one is tough. You know, um, I, I do like the fact that they get in a position that they can replay it and then they can make sure on it and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I, I just think, you know, you got to really look at it and got to really look at it closely because lots of guys man sometimes it's just a it's a reaction it's uh you know it's, it's just instinct and so you know it, that can directly affect the game when that thing happens i mean if it happens in the second half now you've lost your player for the first half of the next game and you know i don't know if there's a good answer to it but i you know i would like to see where we could you know um you know fix that thing a little bit so that you know if it if it's one of those deals where it's not intentional and it's not you know anything that's just a violent nature that, you know, was done on purpose, you know, not, not punishing them as, as much, you know. So, um, you know, I, I don't know the right answer, but I would, you know, I would say being able to look at that and make that a little bit better would, would be something that would help. Yeah, see, for that one, I always thought that they should do a graduated penalty on that one because it is such a subjective uh, call. I mean, there, there's plenty of times where in the course of action – you're going to have helmet-to-helmet contact, and it's it's incidental, like you said. It's not to say it shouldn't be penalized so the, the, the young men learn not to take that action next time, like maybe get themselves in a better tackling position. But at the same time, like you said, you might lose a player, even if you lose them in the first half, if it's a key guy on your defense. I mean, that's, you know, that, that, could, that could have a huge impact on the game. So I tend to agree with you on that one, Coach. I always thought it should be a graduated penalty, but we'll see what happens with that. Um I wanted to get in with you a little bit about your, your typical day as the head coach. Now, have you seen it change a little bit since you've been, you know, lost that interim tag or are you just rolling on same, uh, same modus operandi as you were before nothing's changed or, or has there been a little bit of shift now that you have all that stability behind you? 
Um, I still try to work the same way. I'm still the same dude. I try to put a to-do list together, you know, the night before um, I go to bed so that I'm ready to roll the next day. But honestly, being the head man, I pull out that to-do list and then things start going, you know, uh, uh, opposite directions sometimes. And so, you you know, you kind of got to roll with the punches on that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, and a lot of that was because of early on. And then, you know, as, as everybody started understanding what we were wanting, what we were doing, the process and you know, making sure the staff is on the same page, you know, days have become a little bit more normal now. Um, and then you're able to, you know, kind of attack those things. And um, I got to, I got to practice exactly what I preach, you know, to our guys. If I, if I'm going to say, Hey, what's important now, you know, that's, that's the same thing. I, Cause it's very easy for me to get six and seven months down the road uh, just trying to think about things. But, you know, sometimes you got to step back and say, all right, let me make sure I take care of what's important today. And then I can move and, and work toward the future when it, when it's time. Coach Lunsford, I tell you what, man, we're happy for you down there in Statesboro, Coach. And we're for to have you on the show again real soon. We want to definitely touch base with you for spring ball started. Glad you're our first coach of the year on the show, man. You, you're the first one for this year, Coach. So we're glad you was our maiden interview of this year for college football, man. <laughs> man, I'm excited. Appreciate y'all having me on, man. And uh, anytime, I'd love to spread the word about Georgia Southern anytime I can. Yes, indeed, Coach. Coach, you take easy. We'll talk to you real soon, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. As Georgia Southern people in the Boss Man Show, check them out. We out. All your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blueberry Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions, also a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Hello, college basketball fans. This is Donnie Tyndall, former head basketball coach, and we're getting ready to have a top three with Tyndall with J.R. the boss man and John, myself, as we analyze the college basketball season team by team, break down stats and facts, and give you all the basketball scoop across the country on a weekly basis. We hope you'll join us and look forward to talking hoops with you on the boss man show. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech, and 313 Fresh, Family Grind, ENT. Believe in it. Get it. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. 
For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Show top through a tunnel. Me and Coach Donnie Tindall here to talk to you about college basketball conference tournament. March Madness is in full swing, Coach. Uh, it's going to be a big time in the next two, two weeks here with the, the conference tournament games, the 64 round going. So, Coach, talk to me, man. How's your week been? And, how, and how, what you looking forward to this weekend so far? Well, I tell you, obviously, there's been some great tournaments. You know, most of the mid major type tournaments were this past week or finished up earlier this week, boss man. And, uh, you know, some great tournaments around the country. Seems like every single year there's always some buzzer beaters, which leads to some ecstatic teams that are living the dream and some heartbroken teams that, uh, you know, can't get over the, the dramatic defeat that they just took. So a lot of fun. And then once you get into these high major tournaments, as you know, uh, at-large bursts are on the line. Teams that are on the bubble are either playing their way into the tournament or if they're getting beat or upset, unfortunately, maybe playing their way out of the tournament. So every game is so exciting and so pivotal this time of year, that's for sure. Now, Coach, you tend to see your boys went a good run, but, Coach, did, did playing those back-to-back-to-back games, your team pretty much run out of gas because uh, I know – if you play it first night, you get over to Friday, Saturday, you, your team might be out of gas. Well, you know, it certainly depends on, on the makeup of your team. Are you playing guys that are playing 38, 39, 40 minutes a night, uh, particularly in your backcourt that takes its toll on their legs in regard to shooting the basketball and be able, being able to defend late in the, in the game? Um, but, you know, if your team is made up of, of a team where you're playing 9, 10, 11 guys, which usually isn't the case, but if it is, then, then playing three or four games in a row certainly isn't a problem. You know, the, the thing that, that for the most part was good for us and, and the teams I was part of when we were at Moorhead State and Southern Myth were we were, we were usually in the first top two or four teams in the league, and so we were at least getting a first round by. In some instances, we were getting that double bye, which in a mid-major league is just so, so important. So you'd prefer not to have to play three or four nights in a row, but I think you, if you ask any coach this time of year, as long as they're still hooping, they're happy. 
Yeah, and I was shocked because you know, uh, Wright State Scott Nagy, he he pretty much plays seven seven guys, and I know they play in the Horizon League, and I'm like, man, this guy plays pretty much seven dudes, and they ain't won the conference tournament, and you know, yeah, I played back to back days. Yeah, you know, and, and I look back on my 2009 team that that went to say tournament for the first time at Morehead State and. And we won a game, the play-in game, and then played Louisville the, the next round. We got beat that next round, but we, you know we were playing nine or ten guys on that team, and uh, depth uh, and, and being tired or fatigued never came into play. Now, two years later, we in 2011, we beat Louisville in the first round of the tournament to get to the round of 32, and uh, we were only playing seven guys. But but fortunately, in the conference tournament that year. We only had to play two games because we were co-champs for the regular season title with Murray State, so we were one of the top two seeds, and we got the double bye, which meant we only had to play two games to to uh, go to the state tournament. So that was beneficial. Uh, give Coach Nagy credit because when you're having to play three games and three nights with only seven guys, you know you've got some mentally tough dudes, and I think they proved that the other night. I believe it was last night. With a, with a great win in the championship game against Cleveland State. Now, Coach, this is, you're going to love this when I tell you this. Uh, all this Boston Show Karma here, Coach, we've had on Scott Nagy, we've had on Casey Alexander, Derek Kellogg, Earl Grant, Wes Miller, we've had on TJ Otzelberger, we had on Mike Jones at Radford, all these guys in the tournament, Coach. So the, so the show has a, a way of getting people, giving him good karma and a good push, Coach. I'm noticing that right now. That's that boss man uh, magic, man. That's what I call it, that boss man magic. Yeah. I'll be, I'll, yeah, I have Matt McMahon of the Racers be on the show. He's on the now, too. Well, so. I tell you what, some good coaches and good people you just mentioned. I'm happy for all those guys. I've been there a couple times and know how exciting it is, and especially when you're going for the first time in 20, 30 years like some of those schools you just mentioned. Uh, boy, I tell you what, the whole community rallies around you. It's a, it's the time of your life as a coach and as a student athlete, no question about that. Now, Coach, do you all got a kind of feel about your seed, or do you don't really know? What do you kind of, or, or the guys kind of give you like a hint, maybe you're going to be a 15, you're going to be a 16, play-in game, first four. Do you get a sense of it beforehand, or you just don't really know? Well, you know, my, my first year, uh, we had one night. Uh, we were the fourth seed in the OVC. So we felt like when we got in in the play-in game, which we ended up being exactly that. So we were kind of preparing ahead of time. They had a whole week before the actual selection Sunday came up. And uh, we felt like, you know, hey, here's a couple teams. We feel like we could play. We had already, you know, got some film uh, work done on those teams and then when we played Alabama State we were actually ready to go that night for practice and had a quick turnaround just uh, Sunday night Monday practice and played I believe it was on Tuesday so we were a little bit ahead of the curve kind of having a sense that we would be in the playing game now the following year or two years later when we got in the second time we actually got the 13 seed which totally surprised us we thought uh you know, uh, we would be a, a, a 14, possibly a 15, but did not expect to be a 13. But we played a really, really challenging non-conference slate. 
So we got a, a 13 seed, which ended up being perfect. We played Louisville in the first round, and like I said, got that you know huge, huge win for our program and our school. Um, but I think unless you feel like you're going to be a 16 and everyone will kind of know by then who the number one seeds are going to be, it's hard to know if you're going to be a 14 or a 15 or a 12 or a 13. And, and so you just got to kind of roll with the punches and wait till your name is called and start your prep work and game film work and all those things that the, the minute that thing's announced. Now, Coach, how do you balance rest versus keeping your team sharp during this period, especially like, you know, like, call it like OVC or, or the A-Sun where you were done on Saturday? So you pretty much have a week before you know who you're going to play. So how do you balance that rest versus keeping your team sharp? Well, in the two instances at Moorhead State, we had, just as you said, about a week before we actually were going to have to uh, find out who we would play, and probably about nine days before we would actually play, maybe ten. And so I gave them two days off. We played, I believe, the title game was on a Saturday. We gave them completely off Sunday and Monday, told guys we don't want you in the gym, don't come by the office, don't get a, don't get shots up, just get away from the game for 48 hours. And uh, and then we came back on that Tuesday, had a weight session, an individual skill development session, watched a little bit of film from the tournament that we just played in, and, uh, and then we kind of started getting back into it fairly hard and competitive on Wednesday. So they had a basically a three-day window where it was pretty much rest and recovery and getting their mind kind of refreshed and regrouped heading into the NCAA tournament. So everyone has their own way of doing things. I think there is a delicate balance either way you try to go with it, JR, but that's the route we went both years and uh, ended up being pretty successful for us. Exactly. And then, Coach, the last one I got for you is for the kids. Uh What's the experience like for those kids when they go through their whole tournament process? And how, how did the kids really enjoy it in, in preparing for that challenge to go play in the tournament? Then having your guys actually get an upset. So how did your Moorhead State team love that, the whole experience of actually getting in, beating your in-state, the big dog, one big dogs in the state, and getting to go in the extra round? Well, you know, it's an exhilarating time. It really is on your campus. I remember seeing videos when we were uh, playing the OVC title game and Steve uh, Peterson hit a baseline jumper the first year in 09 in double overtime to win the game for us. And people were literally on the on the tables at Buffalo Wild Wings and Moorhead screaming and going crazy. And, and I saw these videos after the fact, of course. And then, you know, the whole week your, your community is, is posting up signs and banners and people are bringing by cookies and, and everyone's patting you on the back, and it really is just a, a great time and a very prideful time for you and your team and, and your family and everyone involved. And, you know, then, then when we were able to beat Louisville, which was the biggest win in the history of the program, and a lot of people say one of the biggest upsets in the history of college basketball, uh, you know, I saw literally videos of people running out of their dorm room on campus hugging each other and, and just screaming and going crazy. And so, you know, at the time, it's very thrilling. It's, it's like I said, exhilarating. You're prideful about it. But I tell you, when it really resonates, JR, is years later, when, when you're still getting text messages and Facebook posts from people saying this was one of the best times of their life or this is a memory they'll never forget. 
you know, those things are very humbling. And yet when you're at a small school like a Moorhead State, you know, you understand in hindsight just how big of a moment that was, not just for you and your team, but the community of Moorhead, the, the campus community, and all the alums across the country that took such great pride in that. And, and these schools you just mentioned, the Wright State, the, the, the Lipscombs of the world, all these people, the Murray State, they have a chance to go make that special moment for their community and their alums as well. And, uh, and so they, they need to embrace every second of it because I don't know that I did that at the time, but I certainly know how important and, and valuable those moments were in hindsight for sure. Well, Coach, definitely be watching these games real close here. Coach, well, next week we'll break down to these brackets some more, but want to kind of talk about it this week, the mid-majors and the guys that have been high majors in their tournament. So, Coach, you did a great job as always, my man. We got to talk to you next week. I'm Coach, I hope to be recovered from my birthday celebration on this weekend. Start 31 years old coming up this weekend, so hopefully I'll be recovered <laughs> about time to show time it's next week, man. Well, well, I'm going to tell you what I tell my team. I'm going to tell you what I tell my daughters. Have fun, but stay out of jail, boss man. Stay out of jail. I sure will do that, <laughs> Coach, for sure. I sure will. I sure will, man. But thank you as always. We'll talk to you next week, man. All right, brother. Take care, man. Bye-bye. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions, or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success, and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. A gorgeous tan from Suntan City gives you an inner glow that relights the fire when you run into your first crush. Vicky, who was that? An old boyfriend. Lucky you just tanned at Suntan City. Lucky he's single. We're doing lunch tomorrow. Won't be single for long then. During Tour of the City, try all five tans, including spray tan for just $4.99. Restrictions may apply. Click to buy now. Yeah, yeah, it's your man, JC, the host with the most, baby. And it goes down each and every Saturday night right here in the city of Memphis. That's right, y'all. It goes down at Clicks Sports Bar Memphis, baby. 3705 Malco Way, Memphis, Tennessee, 38125. Come out and join us, the Three Kings, each and every Saturday night for the liveest karaoke in the city. Everybody gets in free till 10 p.m. 
Only $5 after. Great food. We got drink specials. We got all kind of games, man. We got the pool tables popping. Whatever you want, we got you, man. Come on out. Have a good time with us each and every Saturday night. That's Clicks Sports Bar, Memphis. on three man weave, JC Smith, uh, Beckler is snowed in with no power in Cleveland, man. That blizzard got him tied up. He can't get to the studio. So, today's me and JC. Bro, what's good, man? Man, what's going on, boss? Man, birthday week, bro. Birthday week. Chilling, man. Looking forward to getting out of town here shortly and getting the celebration going. Oh, that's what's up. Man. I wish I was down there party with you, man. Oh, you know it's gonna be crazy. Jojo Josephine Lounge on Friday, chit chat on Saturday. When we gonna be at the Gold Room on Sunday, which is my birthday. I already know, man. It's gonna be wagons everywhere, man. <laughs> you got there right on Wagon Weekend, bro. Wagon Weekend. <laughs> no doubt, man. Bro, I wanted to talk to you today about the Memphis situation, bro. I read a story about Penny Hardaway bringing Larry Brown, possibly replacing Tubby Smith. Uh man, what's going on with the with, with the University of Memphis right now? The Tigers, man, they want to already get rid of Tubby, man. What, what what's what's been the ill issue with them going forward with him? Well, in the illustrious words of A Ball MJG, I'm talking on the phone, telling Penny that's the way you do it, baby. Represent your home. Uh, <laughs> hey man, hey listen, it's it's a beautiful thing, man. You know, uh, Penny, you know, is beloved here in this city, man. For you know. Growing up here, born and raised here, man, growing up, going to Treadwell High School here in Memphis, being a star there, to being a star at University of Memphis, man, being an All-American and doing what he did in the NBA, man. You know, he's he's a favorite son here uh, locally. So, you know, but the, it's only, you know, it's, it's a smart move. It's the only move, really, the Tigers can do to really uh, restore the faith uh, back in, in, you know, in, in Tiger fans, man, because this basketball program has been on a lull. As you very well know, ever since uh, Cal Perry left and then passed, now he did the best he could do. But, you know, Memphis fans are, are used to having a prominent uh, Memphis basketball program. So you bring Penny back, man, that's going to instantly bring back the fans. It's going to increase ticket sales. He's going to bring those number one uh, All-American recruits that he currently has on that East High School uh, basketball squad. He's got the number one player in the country between 19 and James Wiseman. He's got DJ Jeffries, a top 50 uh, prospect in the country, man. Chandler Lawson, another top 50 guy, man. So you could, you could potentially have all three of those guys on uh, University of Memphis basketball team within the next year or two. So, you know, it's a no-brainer uh, for the Tigers to go ahead and make this move. And, you know, no diss uh, or nothing like that towards Tubby Smith, but he's a older coach, you know, from a bygone era who really, you know, at this point has no motivation to go out there and try to recruit top talent because he's getting, you know, guaranteed money anyway, no, no matter how it goes. So, you know, you bring in fresh, fresh blood, new blood, uh, 
a guy that everybody loves here in, in Memphis. And I think the Tigers could be right back in the thick of things of being a, a top 25 uh, college program uh, as, as soon as they bring Penny aboard. No, why was Tubby Smith even hired? Like, what, what was the thought process of bringing him in? Like, he, he was a retread, been in many places. Uh, what was the thought process yeah. of bringing him in after passing left? You know, after uh, passing left, you know, at, at, that definitely uh, went bad. Uh, you know, after a couple of years, uh, like, what, six seasons? We had six years here of passing. So, you know, by, after about the fourth or fifth year, you know, you could tell the writing was on the wall to, uh, to get Pastner out of here. But, of course, you know, he had to buy out. Uh, in his contract that the Tigers really didn't want to pay, but they, you know, once Georgia Tech kind of got them off the hook there a little bit um, by uh, signing uh, or bringing Pastner uh, down there, um, that kind of opened the door for the Tigers to go out and try to find uh, the next head coach. And, you know, Tubby Smith being a retread, but also Tubby Smith being a name, you know, uh, that's associated with winning winning basketball games. Cause, you know, you talk about a guy, who does have a national championship under his belt, who has been to multiple NCAA tournaments. Um, you know, of course, it wasn't a name. It wasn't a sexy name or anything like that, but it did have recognition at the time. But Tubby, Tubby went wrong on a couple, a couple of accounts here uh, in the city of Memphis. First off, he didn't really know the tradition of Memphis basketball, so – he came into the situation thinking that oh he could just kind of kind of be like a mediocre recruiter, and and and, and basically bring in you know not top fifty, not top one hundred, not even top three hundred uh, recruits. You know, bringing in guys that are all JC players and transfers. So I think he really kind of just he dropped the ball there, uh, not really knowing the history of Memphis basketball and how the fans here are used to having, you know, top-notch product on the court. And also, Tubby went wrong by not reaching out to, you know, people here, his resources that could have helped him recruit Memphis kids. Because you, if you're going to be a Memphis head basketball coach, you you have to have a couple of Memphis kids on your program. And he, he re- didn't realize that how important that was. So he dropped the ball there. And then also the fact that all these kids transferred – you know, the, the decent talent the Tigers did have while Pastor was here, all those guys are gone now. They all transferred, and Tubby really, really did not try to make an effort to keep those guys. So those are really three uh, accounts there of, of where Tubby just – he dropped the ball, and, and, you know, the team is suffering because of it. They are over 500, yes, but you're talking about a team that is ranked currently, I think, 160th, 160th in uh, in Kimpom, uh, the Kimpom rank, in ranking. So – you know, Tubby, you know, he, he's got his money. He's like a golden parachute right now. It's, it's basically a retirement fund for Tubby Smith. He really doesn't have any uh, incentive to really go out there and recruit hard or anything like that. So it, I think I think it'll be the best thing for both parties. Let Tubby go elsewhere. I, I heard uh, his uh, alma mater, High Point, uh, uh, they don't have a coach right now. So he could possibly go to High Point and, and be the coach there. And you bring in Penny, and it's an overnight success for the Tigers. You, you talk about – uh, fandom just going crazy and, and pandemonium uh, here in the city of Memphis. As soon as they say Penny will be the next head coach in University of Memphis, man, it's going to turn things around just that quick. Now, com- comparison: Who's drawing more fans, Tigers or Grizzlies? Right now, <laughs> that's a, ooh, that's a good question. Right now, honestly, I think it's about neck and neck. <laughs> you talking about a Tiger team right now? 
that's uh, bringing in what like six thousand, six thousand fans on average. The t- and uh, the Grizz right now, you know, of course, with the injuries and everything that's been going on, you know, the the Grizz are probably right around by ten, eleven thousand. So it's really kind of neck for neck right now. And also, uh, the Tigers are losing money because they have such low attendance because there's a clause in the uh, in the leasing agreement uh, with the forum. Uh, where the Grizz actually have to pay the Tigers, you know, like $800,000 a year if they meet their attendance, uh, an attendance requirement. And they've fallen short of that, so they actually have to pay that money. They're going to lose that money. They won't get that money from the Grizzlies this year. So you bring in a Penny Hardaway, man. You're going to bring the fans back, and you're going to bring money back to the program that they're, they, they uh, desperately need right now. Well, bro, well, I thank you for having today for giving us this Memphis uh, basketball update, bro. I know you got things to do on your end, bro, but I thank you for coming on the show as always. Three Man Weave, do it again next week, bro. We'll talk to you, man. For sure, anytime, boss. No doubt. Three Man Weave, we out. all your photo video and voiceover needs check out the fine folks blu-ray productions they will take good care of you if you don't believe me you can see for yourself check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv the facebook page blueberry productions also vimeo page a youtube page and it's blueberry b-l-u-b-e-r-r-y prod on twitter check them out today blueberry productions great people great work great service Hello, college basketball fans. This is Donnie Tyndall, former head basketball coach, and we're getting ready to have a top three with Tyndall with JR, the boss man, and John, myself, as we analyze the college basketball season team by team, break down stats and facts, and give you all the basketball scoop across the country on a weekly basis. We hope you'll join us and look forward to talking hoops with you on the Boss Man Show. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grind ENT, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech and 313 Fresh, Family Grind ENT. Believe in it. Get it. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academics.com and athleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach T.
twill 24 or Instagram, Travis L. Williams 24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Back of the Boss Man Show on your reel. It's time to put Sean off Lord of the Are you ready, my brother? Yeah, Lord, I'm absolutely. I'm already. Now, listen, I want to say before this, with all that in the floor, you know, like, uh, you know stories that come up today, where it's just jokes, just jokes, JR. We're having a good time. We're not trying to insult anybody or anything like that, right? Exactly. Exactly. All jokes, nothing personal, all right, people? Nothing personal, all right? So, folks, you've been waiting on it. It's time for it. It's here. It's the Boss Report. First of all, John says, Florida man arrested after being found conducting a naked spin class at an Orlando apartment complex after the video text surface of it on Instagram. <laughs> okay, so I just want to point out that riding like a bike or something, like a, like one of those spin machines naked, is going to end badly for you as a, as a man or a woman, really. I mean, because that is just not an appropriate you know, situation for your your backside to be in. I know. <laughs> so I'm not sure how that worked out for him, but, like, why does everything Florida Man have to do, and not everything, let's say 95% of Florida Man's activities end up naked. Half naked, naked, partially naked, you know, there's always some form of nudity going on with, with Florida Man, so I'm not sure... I mean, we I think that we dove into this one week, and we figured out a lot of it was because of the heat, in Florida, yes. but some of it, like right now, I don't think it's that hot down there, so I'm not sure like what my man was doing. <laughs> Why did he have to do it in the parking lot? Like, dude, you couldn't go inside and then do your your pirated, uh, you know, your pirated exercise class. <laughs> like, oh man. Yeah, I tell you what, there, brother, man. Oh man, Florida man doing Florida man does. Look at this. Well, a Florida man arrested after attacking a co-worker with a machete in a fight over a power cord. <laughs> Jesus. That escalated quickly, bro. Like, wow. <laughs> well, I got machete at work, though. I... <laughs> it's Florida, bro. Like, you never know what's coming down the line. When you work with Florida man and you are a Florida man, better be packing some kind of weapon on you at all times, right? I mean, just listen to the stories that we have every week from Florida Man. If you are a Florida Man, and you work with a bunch of other Florida men, a machete is, I mean, that's just day-to-day business right there. I mean, you got that, you know, it's like you're a like you're a rancher, you know, back in the, in the old western days, you just, you have your rifle on you at all times, you know, like that's it. <laughs> you better have some type of weapon on you at all times. But what kind of cord do you think this was? Do you think it was one of those, like, super awesome, you know, power strips, you know? Probably one of them basic strips you get from, like, Dollar General or something. He probably went crazy about it. You having them cubicles. 
Yeah, like, I mean, well, you know when they ration out, when you work in an office and they, like, ration out the office supplies? So, like, that, that power core yeah. is, like, it's almost like prison, dude. Like, like it's, a, it's, a, it's a hardcore, you know, battle for that power cord. Like, it's a pack of cigarettes or something in prison or, like, extra money on your commissary. You got to shank somebody for that thing. Exactly. Exactly. And Florida man being Florida man. Here we go. Florida man arrested after asking wife to hide the, quote, white powder in her box during traffic stop. Can officer sniffs it out and bites the box off. <laughs> Wait a minute. The, you're saying the, the canine dog bit the box off? Bit the box off. <laughs> Dude. And those things don't let go until they're told to let go. Like, it's not like he snapped at it. He grabbed onto that bad boy. <laughs> That's not good, bro. Those I, I don't know if you've ever, like, had occasion to be... Um, next to or interact with the canine dog outside of a police interaction just like if you see them out somewhere at an event you know and have the opportunity to like actually you know touch or see the dogs up close have you ever seen them i have at the the hawks or in the hawks game dude those things are freaking big right (laughs) yeah you don't mess with a freaking canine dog dude you do not mess with them those things will bite you and they will hold on to you until they are told to let go. And if you try to bite back, they will clamp down on those things can bust up your bones. Easy, bro. Easy. They can crack your bones, no problem. Those dogs are freaking tough, dude. And if one of them grabbed onto the box with the white filled powder, like filled with white powder, it's even worse because if he gets like a, a nose full of the white powder, he gets all <laughs> cracked out. <laughs> yeah. Her box. Dude, an L is for real. I mean, I don't know that you're using that thing anymore. Like, yeah, I, I hate it. Oh, Jesus, I, I hate it. Yeah, but you know what? We've said it before, Jr. On the show, like we've had a lot of stories with a lot of contraband being tried to trying to be smuggled in different orifices of the body, whether it be male or female. You don't want to go that route, man. Things are not meant to go. You know, there's only a couple things that are meant to go in certain places some places are ex- yeah, exit yeah, only right. some places are exit only you know what I'm saying that's you got that right for sure we got this church fellowship argument after woman prompts woman Florida woman to toss witch up a boyfriend and get arrested for infringing TJ Maxx because John get this the boyfriend alleged to, to, to the woman Grabbed onto some booty too long to one fellow out the community. <laughs> he copped a feel during the fellowship. Yes. No uh, like, the, is there a more obvious? Like, there is. You, how are you supposed to even like hide that? You're at church, bro. Like, it's one thing if you're up in the club, you know, like, and everybody's kind of dancing around in a big group, and you know, you cop a feel. Like, it's it's freaky kind of creepy for sure but like okay like at, at least in that situation you you have a chance of getting away with it not that i'm saying you should try it but at least you have a chance of getting away with it. a church what chance of getting away with it you have literally okay you, you've heard the saying in front of god and everybody my man literally yes. did that in front of god and everybody <laughs> like he was in church bro and she went out wooden shelf out of the bathroom and beat him with it 
in a little service. They fled to TJ T- T- Maxx. She fled to TJ Maxx, John. Dude, I, frankly, I was unaware that TJ Maxx was still in existence, to be honest with you. I, I really, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I know it either, I know it either brother. Until this story. Huh. Don't tell JC. He'll be, like, trying to check into that. He'll want to see if it matches up with Cole's. Like, don't, don't tell him. Exactly. Exactly. And look, we have a Florida man arrested after burglarizing public toilets and pawning the plumbing loot so he can go buy him a car at CarMax. I mean, you know how many public toilets you'd have to vandalize and take the pipe from? To to equate to exactly. any, anything, like they're not even copper pipes anymore. Like the the, the piping, it, the copper piping would be inside the wall. So I don't know if he's like busting the walls up to get to that. But anything that's exposed is just like chrome plated steel. It's not even worth anything. <laughs> you would have to have literally like one of those giant roll off container, a yard roll off container to like amount to anything. Exactly. Florida man being Florida man. And John, here we go. Florida man who was an attorney and fellow Florida man who was a cop arrested for cocaine trafficking after being caught out of public trying to peddle some good white to an undercover cop. That, okay. <laughs> Stupid. Like, why are you peddling it yourself is what I want to know. If you're a cop, then you've got a line on the criminal activity in the city so you could I would think easily pinpoint someone who could move the, the weight for you without you having to, to deal with that aspect of it okay so why are you even handling it this is stupid stupid so stupid so stupid I mean like I guess I guess if you're a cop, you're not a criminal, right? Or you, or you shouldn't be a criminal. So maybe they're just getting used to the. They were trying to learn the criminal ropes, maybe Jr. Like they knew the law enforcement maybe. ropes, but they're trying to learn the other side of it. Like I don't, I don't know what the excuse is, other than stupidity. Exactly. It's just obvious. Florida man and Florida woman arrested after leaving their six-year-old son in the truck outside the bar. They can go inside and root for the Miami Heat get their freak on in, in the women's restaurant. <laughs> Jesus. Like, what? I mean, <laughs> at the very least, get in with you. I mean, it's not the best scenario, but at least you're not leaving them out in the freaking truck, dude. Like, just bring him in. Bring him in. Have him sit down. Get him a Coke. Whatever. Like, it's better than leaving him in the vehicle like a, like an animal. You shouldn't be doing anyway, but still. <laughs> it's terrible. Exactly. I mean, it's not like... I don't know. When I was when I was a kid, maybe like eight, nine, ten years old, periodically my dad would take me to the bar up the street. He would go and have a beer or two. I'd get a bag of chips and a coke. We'd watch a baseball game, and that was that. It wasn't like it was some big deal, you know. Now it wasn't like some big, huge sports bar. It was just like a you know, like a ten seat bar in this little shopping center. So it was like whatever. You went in there. Nobody gave a crap. It's not like he was feeding me beers or anything. We were just hanging out. You know? Exactly. John, this doesn't remind you of somewhere I used to work at, but just follow me here. Florida man is arrested after tripping over a chair in the office place and splattering 
crap on his co-worker and charged with simple assault. He tripped and crapped his pants and he got his co-worker. And they charged him with simple assault because of the crap hit the other person? Yes. Dude, that's... Come on, like, come on. That's not even... Don't throw that out, right? Like, this, I, there's no way that you could possibly, like, fake tripping over a chair and crap on somebody in the process of doing that on purpose. I'm sorry. There's no way. He said when he tripped at the fart, he was holding this, just went loose, quote, went loose. Yeah. Dude, that's totally plausible, right? It is. When you're holding it in, you, some go, you probably could release, and it was, it's all yeah. over for you. Yeah, like you're, you're, you're hanging on for dear life, right? You're hanging on for dear life back there, and then something happens that makes you lose tone and you're done, dude. You're done. Like, and if and if you're in motion, obviously, you know, uh, an object in motion stays in motion until it hits something else. And in this case, it was his 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 poop was still moving, and it you know didn't stop until it cracked the other dude in the in, in the chest or wherever. <laughs> Hopefully, it didn't hit him in the head. That would be terrible. I wouldn't be gonna have a crap party. <laughs> we gotta we have to resurrect the the crap party analysis boss report from that was like four years ago but maybe yes we have to go back in the archives for that one we might have to just bring that back and play it we'll just play it one week instead of doing a fresh report we'll bring back some oldies but goodies because that one nobody's gonna understand what we're talking about until they hear yeah. the actual you know that was some of the best takes ever <laughs> I think we did like a, a half hour a half hour on that that was a, that was a half hour on that just so everyone knows what we're talking about back in the day JR had an office that was somebody had an accident at the office and it happened multiple times but when it happened they would throw a party for that person as to make them feel better about it so they, they tried to make it make it a positive thing instead of a negative thing so you know obviously having it highlighted like that exacerbates the problem because you just want to kind of like fade back into the cut and, and not have everybody like have the attention on you for pooping yourself at work that's not the way they saw it they had a poop counselor they had poop parties you know it was like an oops i crap my pants party that they had it was a whole thing so we'll bring it back for you we'll bring it back but that's what we're talking about yes and John I have more stories but we're running out of town in segments so let's go because we'll cut it short here what is your take on May's report man? I, I'm, I'm actually kind of excited about the uh, the, the crap your pants party resurrection I, I forgot about it until today <laughs> so it's like that was a great one we did it was a half hour it might even been more than that but that was a, a great time in show history. Um, even off the air, the off the air analysis and conversations were, were fantastic. And I wish we had recorded some of those because that was like a good three weeks of off air hilarity in our personal lives. Very much so, folks. Darren John, Boss Man Show. It's Boss Boy. Hey, it's old school, now you know, you know.